0: Welcome to Sana Talks to People and Sometimes Yourself. I'm your host, Sana. And today I'm joined by my friend, Mike, and we will be talking about the movie Joker. So this film came out. So when did it come out, Mike?
1: It came out, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in October last year.
0: Okay,
1: I believe it was October last year. Or, or, yeah, I thought it was October last year, like early October, because I watched it close to mm -hmm. Halloween last year.
0: And it's very recent, so it's within the past year, and this is starring Joaquin Phoenix, who portrays the DC famous DC villain Joker, and it's it's meant to be a take on an origin story. I don't think anyone's ever attempted mm-hmm. that in the movie form, but not was, for the
1: Joker. No, I mean, there's been many. Sorry, there's been many movies about the Joker. Like, um, there's this one cartoon movie called The Killing Joke, which is an amazing cartoon movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, no one has ever actually said, "Let's do an origin story of the Joker."
0: Right. <clears throat> and um, I saw it twice in theaters, <laughs> and
1: <laughs> just for
0: this podcast, I recently rewatched it two days ago. <clears throat> um, and nice. Yeah, and it was a tough watch. The first time, the first time actually, I was very, I was, and, and oh, sorry, it's, I just wanted to mention. Obviously, it's directed by Todd Phillips.
1: Same director as The Hangover. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: He's done other things, right? And old
1: school. And old school as well. He did old school. So, So, yeah, he directed that, which was surprising because, I mean, the tone of the movie was so dark. And, you know, he was known for like a lot of like slapstick comedy and stuff like that. So the fact that he was directing The Joker was kind of, I was like, oh, okay. He's a good director. So I was going to, I was willing to give it a chance anyway. So, But I was Mm kind of surprised. In terms of the tone mm-hmm. of the movie,
0: yeah, um, it was it was very dark. The movie is is very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, if you're looking for laughs, don't watch The Joker. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, there are some subtle laughs, but to your point, it's not like where he's cracking a lot of jokes. No, yeah,
0: not that it, type of movie it's,
1: at it's all. It's not.
0: It's not meant to be a <laughs> a cheerful movie no. by by any means. Every, I I, I found like every scene was, was pretty much sad, right? Every, every scene was sad.
1: I'm trying to think of a scene. Maybe, I guess when he kind of just transformed, I found when he, when he kind of just trying to, I kind of guess he transformed into the Joker completely. Like when he painted his face and started painting his tongue and all that, and he kind of just embraced Mm. that yeah, I think that was cool. I guess because he kind of just said, "Screw it, I'm just going to kind of go all in on this."
0: Yeah,
1: but yeah, to your point, beyond that, I don't think there's a scene in that movie where I wasn't like, "Damn."
0: Hmm. Hmm. I know. I I agree. I agree. Actually, that last part was.
1: Oh, and he was da- actually when he was dancing too. When he was dancing down the stairs, that part was dope I love the yeah. dance. He was killing the dance. Move. <laughs> yeah, that
0: and was- the music
1: was dope. Like it was dope music, and he was dancing. He was swaggy. I was like, okay. Okay, Joker, I see you. Uh,
0: yeah, so what what I don't even what's the name of that song, right? I remember it from like oh hockey chants or something, right? It's hockey ch- It's like in every
1: like NBA
0: and Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> like this pump up sports. sports music, you know, that, <laughs> that's playing. <great. laughs> yeah,
1: like I don't know the I think <laughs> when I was watching it on Crave, they had like, you know when you watch the captions, they had the name of the damn song. <clears throat> I don't remember the name of the damn song though. <laughs> But it's it's a it, as soon as you hear it, you know um, what the song is. I was just yeah, surprised. I, I mean, exactly out of all the songs they could have played, I was like, oh, okay, okay." And I yeah. was hype. I was smiling, and I remember watching that part in the theater, smiling.
0: Yeah, I was like, it's kind of cool." <laughs> that was that, that was actually a funny scene. That that was. I enjoyed that yes. scene, and and to your point, I also enjoyed that very last bit where he embraced his personality. To anyone who's familiar with Joker in the com in the comic books or any animated series. You know yeah. the very last scene where where Joaquin truly is, is on the show is on the Mar- Mar- um, yeah. Murray show, and um, yeah, he's 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 acting like the Joker that we're familiar with pretty much. Yes, um, yeah. So that was and that was that was exciting for me as as a as a fan. Oh um,
1: yeah, oh yeah, for and, sure. Me too.
0: But my so Michael, I wanted to ask you how many times have you seen the movie?
1: I watched it twice. So I watched it when it came out, maybe a few weeks after it came out last year. And then mm-hmm. um, I was waiting. I had been waiting for it to come on like Netflix or one of those streaming services for like maybe since like la- early this year. Yeah. So it finally came on Crave it's on Crave TV. So for those of you who have Crave TV, if you haven't watched it, definitely check it out on Crave TV. So I watched it as soon as soon as I saw it on Crave TV, I said, OK, I got to figure out a day or a time or a lot, some time to watch this movie and like turn off my phone and I'll talk to a soul. because I need to really, <laughs> I really want to like, cause usually I find with movies, like the first time you're watching it, you're just kind of experiencing the movie more or less. Right. Yeah. When you watch it again, you're more trying to like pick up on things that you missed and things of that nature. So, and I know me and you had kind of oh. talked about doing a vlog on this. So I watched it around that same time and I left it just thinking, wow, like it was a, a great movie. Like I, I appreciated it more the second time I watched it than the first time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, like I loved it the first time, but watching it a second time, I really appreciated what walking did with that character, the directing of the, the, um, the movie, um, the whole, the social commentary involved in it. Um, right. I loved that. I loved all that. I really appreciated what they did with that movie because it took it in a direction that I don't think anyone expected and that's exactly. probably why we're going to also talk about all the venom and hatred because this movie made a billion dollars yeah okay so this movie didn't like flop for the box i made a billion dollars but yet i saw so much hatred and sauna is going to touch on hers i saw i mean when i went i don't know about your experience when i went to the theater three people left the theater and left and stopped watching they hated the movie and i had friends who told me they didn't like the movie
0: they so you saw people walking out
1: literally like halfway through the movie they literally and then, like, they one person walked out, and then the next, like, maybe a couple, maybe 20 minutes later, a couple walked out, dude was shaking his said, like, yo, this movie's trash. And then maybe another 10 minutes later, someone else walked out.
0: Very interesting. I did not, you know, I, I don't expect. I've never, <laughs> never walked out of the movie. Neither have I. I've never walked out of the movie.
1: I, got money. <laughs> I spend money. I'm not walking out. like I'm going to endure this bull until it's
0: done. <laughs> but you know what? It's like, if I don't yeah. like something, I want to finish and if right. I'm invested in it, I may as well finish it and then have an informed opinion of why I don't like I'm it. I'm the same way. Right? Like am the same way. Why would I just walk out and then tell people it's trash not knowing that I, I haven't even finished it? So.
1: Yeah. like I, yeah. I mean, it's one thing at home. If you're at home and you do that, that's fine. Like I didn't finish Terminator Genesis because that movie was garbage within the first 20 minutes. <laughs> but like for the Joker, I think for me and I felt to me personally, I didn't ask them why, cause I didn't really care what their opinion was. But I feel like a lot of people were trying to compare Heath Ledger's or portrayal of the Joker. And they were trying to assume that that was going to be what this movie was going to be, which it wasn't. And I think that's probably what bothered people because it wasn't like he was out there just doing bad stuff and fighting. And you know what I mean? Like, there was a more mm. of a social commentary piece and the more of a piece to make you think. And a lot of people don't like thinking. I think that's a hard thing for people to do. You know? <laughs> that's, that's a very good think. point. <laughs> and people ain't trying to do all that in the movie theater, especially <laughs> watching The Joker. They ain't trying to think about social commentary and how it's affecting society and mental health and all that. Like, oh, Listen, I just want to shut my brain off and see The Joker like murder people for no random reason. That's what I think they wanted to see. And they mm. didn't really get that, and that's why they replied there. That's my take. I don't know. I didn't ask them. But yeah. if I had to guess why, that was one of the reasons why I think that was the case.
0: I mean, I do agree with, with the uh, one sentiment that you echoed was, you know, people don't like to think. And I think that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not in a I way, <laughs> I don't want to, I, no. I, I don't mean to sound arrogant at all. I'm actually just stating that it, if,
1: if it's not arrogant it's
0: to bad. think is, uh, is to be able to analyze, to, const- uh, break down ideas, to talk about ideas and, not necessarily everyone, not everyone is equipped to do that. Not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone likes doing that. So many of us, as you mentioned, go to the theater or consume a lot of media um, and we want to be told what to think. We don't want to think we want someone's opinion. We want, we want the breakdown of everything and we don't want to do the work. And that says quite a lot, um, and I guess if you look at journalism, if you look at online and what's happened with, with uh, people writing articles, sometimes it's like, it almost seems like they're, they're blog posts, right? They're opinion pieces and editorials. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm seeing less and less pieces where there's objectivity, there's observation, both sides are presented, and it's neutral.
1: No, I'm, no I agree. I think it's very rare on any type of media, whether it be, whether, whatever, whatever media you consume, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, any like, let's say um, printed media that you're going to see to your point that you put so perfectly that you're going to see a buy or a, 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 I guess a unbiased view.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Most times people are just trying to put their viewpoint out because to me, that's what sells. They want to get the clicks and the traffic on their website or their page or whatever the case may be. So they got to say, you can't go, let's say, if, you, if I was to do a, a video on YouTube, and, on YouTube and say, yo, the Joker was dope, I may get, what, like 10 views?
0: Yeah. But if
1: I said the Joker's trash and it's a garbage movie and Walking Phoenix is the worst Joker of all time, or if I just put a headline saying, Walking yeah. Phoenix is the worst Joker of all time, people are going to click on that.
0: That very strong point of view is going to serve as clickbait because you're going to say, what? Huh, I'm interested. And that's what oh. you we're seeing is that uh, it's not sexy to be intelligent anymore because being intelligent is understanding both sides, (laughs) using critical thinking skills. And uh, that really seems to not be attractive online. You either severely agree or disagree and present that.
1: Yeah. There's no middle ground with a lot of, well, with certain things I think there can be, but then to your point, I think, it's not, yeah. It doesn't pay to be a tra- like attractive or not a, like and be intelligent. Yeah. you know that doesn't pay. It's just more about I just want to say buzzworthy clickbait stuff just to get <laughs> my my page popping. Yeah, get people viewing my stuff. Yeah, it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have to be factual. It doesn't have. I don't have to fact check nothing. I could just say stupid stuff like. An opinion is the lowest form of intelligence. In my
0: opinion. <laughs> I, like I've said, like that quote. Like in my holes. opinion, opinion is the lowest form of intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, like, like. Actually,
1: um, Ti had said this. This rapper, he said, you know, opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one, and they usually stink. <laughs> so take that for what you will. A lot of opinions aren't, you know. And to me, I don't go off of that. I want to go off of somebody who's giving me like a. Uh, like an intelligent, unbiased viewpoint on something. And he can present both sides. And then Mm -hmm. ultimately the decision is yours as a viewer to decide whether you think it's justified or it's bull. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, speaking of opinions, we're going to be talking about our opinions.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, Absolutely. (laughs) And our opinions don't stink because our opinions are at least rooted in the fact that we watched the movie and analyzed it. We're not just saying stupid stuff just to get clicks. Yeah.
0: Not. You know, I don't. Popularity has never been my, my purpose in any form. Like I don't care about clicks. I don't, I am a creative person and I do what I do. So as long as I'm true to what I, mm-hmm. what I think I'm true to my, yeah, same here. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. And, and that's it. I, I don't really, I'm not looking for a lot of clicks. So
1: I could care less about that. I've been doing vlogs for five <laughs> years. If I cared about clicks, I'd have been saying a bunch of crazy wild stuff just to get a hundred thousand followers. I, I only have seventy eight. So hear
0: you loud and clear. Do, it,
1: do, do that what with you, with you old people. I don't really care about clicks. Shameless I just, plug. I just say stuff. I mean, I'm have shameless plug. If you want to follow the A. channel, feel free. But if Big you don't, Mike's blog, but if you don't, blog. Buy, that's fine. <laughs> Big Mike's blog. Big Mike's blog. But if you don't want to watch it or follow it, that's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna hate you. I'm not gonna be like yo. How come you be watching the channel, yo? No, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. So, what was your opinion on the Joker?
0: Um. I really I'm liked curious. the movie. I I honestly, so the first mm-hmm. time I watched it, I was actually shocked. I was shocked at the fact that this is the first time that I'm seeing portrayal of mental illness uh, in such a, big,
1: <laughs> by such a yes. big
0: actor in such a big, you know, universe, like, I guess it's a derivative of the comic book. I'm- a character. It is a comic a book character. Role. Yeah. yeah it, it's a big role. So oh. the first movie, I was just shocked, which is why I had to watch it again. Mm. The second time I watched right. it, I appreciated it a bit more because then the shock value was out of the way. I wasn't just surprised of anymore. Course. I could actually digest yeah, some yeah. of the things. Oh. Um, Absolutely. And when I watched it the third time very recently, I, it was very hard to watch. It was, it's a very sad movie. Yeah. Um but yeah. it didn't obviously stop me from watching it, but the themes that it touches on uh, there is so childhood trauma, mental illness, um, isolation, social services, um, basically a world where there's like lack yeah. of understanding, kindness, listening, or love, like the, the low a, a loss of empathy. so these are the themes kinda, that kind of
1: like real kind of like real society now <laughs> 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 this is where the drum rolls. <laughs> well, oh, should
0: I have said that. I should
1: have said, Maybe I should have kept that to myself. Ooh, my bad, people. I'm sorry <laughs> to get Debbie Downer on such an early. <laughs> um,
0: but here's the thing. To your I'm point, kidding. Michael, I'm. Hmm. These are very real <laughs> themes. They're very realistic themes that have now been injected into this um, fictitious character's somewhat att- attempt of at the backstory which, which would, mm-hmm. I can see how it would make a lot of people feel uncomfortable.
1: I do. Absolutely. I do get that. Absolutely.
0: Um, I don't, and be,
1: I don't dispute that. I just thought, yeah, yeah, go on.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's like the, it's the man versus self, right? That this is what this movie is really. It's, it's, it's him mm. trying to navigate, come to terms with himself, but also this, in this terrible world where things aren't in his favor and, and you have a flawed system. Yeah and and you know i i i was really curious after i wanted to read reviews i'm like okay what are people saying what what's going on and and we we, we, we found some i mean there was one in the are newer, you regretting
1: your decision sana <laughs> uh,
0: somewhat but not really because it's made me more informed it, It's uh, it's i i thought you know at least let's look at what other people are saying right and um of course absolutely it wasn't until i went to npr this website and saw i really like the the piece that they had they basically were talking about an interview with todd phillips and he quoted this some mm. um, he he had this quote i don't know who it's by but it said art comforts the disturbed and disturbs the comfortable mm. and i was just like oh that i like that
1: that's a, that's a good like quote.
0: That. And um,
1: that's some swag, that's a swaggy quote right there. That's swaggy,
0: <laughs> Right. Yes. Um, what did what did you think of it, Mike?
1: Um, so when I first watched it, I think similar to you, there was a lot of the shock. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't go into it with any. A lot of my friends, well, good majority of my friends, I would say loved it. There were yeah. some that were confused by it and there was only a small few that didn't like it. Yeah. So I, again, I don't generally go off of what everyone's saying. I just want to kind of watch it with a clear exactly. objective viewpoint and see and see how I liked it. So the first time I liked it, I was like, this movie's dope. Yeah. Like I'm in like halfway through the movie, I'm thinking this movie's dope. I just love the way they did the movie because it wasn't in the way that I thought that even would do it. So the fact yes. that he did that way, I appreciated that. Yeah. So then when I rewatched it again, I was like, it was hard, similar yeah. to you the second time. Actually, it was hard for me the second time because... Besides those two scenes that we just mentioned earlier, that movie is sad. It is. And I left it watching and now thinking it's a sad movie. Like I felt bad for him. Like I yeah. felt bad for him, you know, and he brought up such interesting points in the movie, especially when um, the last scene with um, Rob uh, Rob De Niro's character. Yeah. And even the social worker in the beginning, like I remember one part when I think in the second time he met with her and he had said how you don't listen to me mm-hmm. when he's talking. And he's saying stuff to her and she's just blatantly ignoring him,
0: it's, it's, you it's,
1: know, you're not hearing him. You're just, you know, I thought that was so interesting that he said that I brought that up.
0: And it's funny that that scene, I'm just going to add a little comment, the social yeah, worker yeah. scene, the no, very fine. first scene with a social worker, he actually tells her, oh, um, you know, I'm into stand up comedy. Remember I told you? And she's like, no, she's looking through his book. She's like, no, I, I did. I'm pretty sure I did. So that's immediately, mm. you know, it, it pulls you in to, to, to just show you that, oh, okay, so she's not really paying attention to him. In she's way. not.
1: Like, she's probably got a bunch of people on her caseload, speaking of mm-hmm. someone who's working in social services. She's probably got a bunch of people on her caseload. She probably just listens to him and reads his diaries and thinks he's out of his damn mind. And mm-hmm.
0: right? which she, she was really at the time. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, when she's listening to him talk, she's not really taking anything what he says with any validity. Because mm-hmm. he just thinks he's just talking just for the sake of talking, right? So, mm-hmm.
0: and and I wanted to just uh, actually preface this podcast with also this interesting thing that you know, the fact that some people are accusing the movie of being like not ha- promoting a nihilist agenda, right? Of promoting violence. <laughs> and here's what I want to say <laughs> I, I want to say this like, representation yeah, is not endorsement, right? exactly so just because you see something or doesn't mean that it's being endorsed or someone say like it's just out of the question and and i feel like there's so many individuals out there that just want to be offended are just waiting for some a strong point of view so
1: this, they're way to be triggered oh the joker oh everyone likes it oh no i'm gonna hate that movie i'm gonna do a, a, a saying that movie sucks. yeah
0: <laughs> so if you want to be outraged you can be uh, outraged uh, um, Yeah, of course.
1: But actually, you know what? Like I'm on Vice's website now. And um, there's only like three um, outlets that gave it good reviews. Yeah. There's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven that gave it negative. Actually, the one that you quoted from the New York Times one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that
1: was one of them. Okay. Um, I guess I'll read one of them from Richard Brody from The New Yorker. He said, open quotation close quotation joker is a wannabe movie that also wants to be all things to all viewers that imitates the notion of adding substance while also subtracting it joker is a viewing experience of rare
0: numbing emptiness (laughs) oh my goodness rare numbing emptiness oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was he like sleep? Was he sleeping during the frigging movie? Like, did he not watch the movie at all?
1: Like, I just, you know, <laughs> how can you? Should say, I read the other ones?
0: Yeah, I would like to hear some more quotes too. So, like, you know, what what's everyone else saying about this? So let's hear some. Okay. So you read the New York Times one already? Correct? Yeah, I did. I don't want to read yeah. the, the same one.
1: That, okay. No, no, but you you, so, can, you can share uh, a quote from Joe, that, of course. <laughs> Joe Morganson from the New York, uh, sorry, from the Wall Street Journal said. Literal pain cannot be transmitted from screen to audience, but anxiety can, and production is a nonstop generator of anxiety, a porous substitute of dramatic intricacies. Um, if you're feeling insufficiently anxious in your life, Joker could be just the ticket. If not, look somewhere else to be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> I am to read these and not laugh. Yeah. It is <laughs> I mean, you don't know hard. These people, I don't even know. Did they watch the movie? Like you literally summed up what a two and a half hour movie or two-hour movie and summed it up in like a paragraph. Yeah. I don't I- and you bring up nothing else of the movie. You just said, oh, it's boring and nihilistic and it's just depressing. The Joker is the criminal. What were you expecting the movie to be? <laughs> exactly what were you expecting A the 1960s joker where they're dancing the disco and stuff like what were you expecting like i don't oh, without west and
0: burt ward
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh it's just a depressing set yeah of course it's supposed to be depressing it's like what did you expect it to be like that's what i am wanting to ask these questions
0: yeah you saw the
1: trailers of the movies
0: yeah
1: i saw the trailer you saw the trailer right
0: yeah I'm not going to
1: assume from the trailers that this is going to be this amazingly fun, magical rock through Gotham city with the Joker. Like I'm not expecting that.
0: Yeah. It's (laughs) it's (laughs) (laughs) you have to go in with an open mind. You have to, and, and it's, it's, it's okay. It's really looking at how do others react when they're uncomfortable? Do they try to understand it or are they going to just have a really strong point of view bash it, and then move on with their lives.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to read this one. So Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian. The year's biggest disappointment has arrived. It emerges with weirdly grown-up self-importance from the tulip fever of festival award seasons as an upscale spin on an established pop culture brand. Okay. Uh, Dana Slate. Dana, Statement from the Slate. Joker is a bad movie. Yes, it's predictable, cliche, deeply derivative, or other... Of other better movies and overwritten to the point of self-parody, overwritten. Did you feel that the movie was overwritten, Sana? <laughs> I didn't feel it was overwritten.
0: No, oh my <laughs> I didn't goodness! Think that from that movie. There are so many themes in the movie. I, I can't help but you know it, the, mo- <laughs> the most yeah. the most interesting part about this movie is how complex it was uh, in terms of yes all the, all the themes that I, I mentioned. Right? We we talked about like. It's not yeah. to be taken lightly and also no the, the weird thing is we don't see all of these team themes meshed into one movie being talked about and that's what was a much really less a
1: beloved jo- yeah and much less a beloved character like the Joker exactly on top of
0: that right so that I think that's the hard pill that's a really hard pill to swallow for a lot not just to see these themes being represented that a have not gotten a lot of representation uh, in move mainstream movies. But B, that are actually, excuse me, jam-packed into one movie, which makes it a bit um, mm-hmm. hard to follow and hard, sorry, hard to swallow for a lot of individuals. So,
1: yeah, I'm not going to read any more because those, the yeah. are, those are dumb. I don't want to read those anymore. <laughs> no, no, um,
0: we're, we're, we're going yeah, to talk on, now.
1: Talk. <laughs> we're going to talk. Yeah. Now. So. All right. So for and I agree with everything you said, I think. The one thing I took from that movie is that, you know, with Arthur, the character Joker, he tried to navigate the system and society and he tried his best to conform and fit in Mm -hmm. in a society that essentially didn't want him. And he was kind of dealt a bad hand, like his, to your point, the childhood trauma that he dealt with and suffered as a child, yeah, his mother and all that other stuff. And then his mental health, you know what I'm saying? Like he was kind of given a bad hand. Yeah. So... It was kind of hard for him to then say, "Oh, whoa, you got to conform to this," when he had all these things stacked against him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just thought in the way they portrayed that was beautiful. I loved Mm -hmm. it. You know, Um, but it it brings up a fair point that I want to bring up, and that's why these comments are so interesting, and people walking out the theater is so interesting. You know, people talk about, you know, mental health is important. And, you know, everyone does the Bell Let's Talk hashtag every year. Yeah. And you know, mental illness is such a issue in society and blah, 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 blah. And here's a movie talking about that and highlighting that and the amount of negative comments I've seen from people. I just think it's interesting because yeah. to me, all these, these are probably the same people that would sit there and be on an interview somewhere or talking with their friends and talking about how mental health is so important. But yet, here's a character who is suffering from mental health. And this movie is highlighting that and discussing that. And they basically took a big dump all over the movie and said it's trash.
0: Yeah. Same people that are probably I like, hashtag Bell Let's Talk Week, right? And it's like, Bell those- Let's
1: Talk. Mental health is important. We need to share. If you're feeling down and sad, please <laughs> let me know. But then, meanwhile, You have a movie like this and most people didn't like it because, oh, it's focusing on mental health.
0: Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Um, It's kind of like the same as, you know, with the with the Black Lives Matter movement, people that were posting that little black (laughs) square. Right. And then others calling them out going, I'm sorry, you don't demonstrate this in your daily life. You're practicing racist <laughs> racist policies, you're, you're acting yeah. like a racist individual and you have the audacity to put a black square and pretend like you care. It's the same same yeah. issue. Like you it's it's exactly. kind of cool cool to pretend to care about these issues, but it's not cool to actually yeah, discuss these issues. Important. Yeah.
1: But the whole support, we need to discuss it. <laughs> we need to make sure that we know we give people a space to share. This is a
0: great space to share. The movie
1: just did that.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) This is a great space. The movie did a great, beautiful depiction of that. And guess what? Mental health is not, it's raw and harsh like what he dealt with and what he was going through. It's not wrapped up in this nice little weird bow that you think it is where people are just crazy and they're in stray jackets and stuff. Like these people are going, living their lives, trying to navigate society, dealing with this stuff.
0: And, and like, speaking of like wrapped up in a nice, you know, package, like you think of celebrities coming out talking about yeah. mental health. That's not what it is about. Like it's, it's no. really, and, and I don't want to diminish celebrities, uh, experience of mental health. I'm just saying no, that of not, not everyone has the same supports as they do. Not everyone can come out looking Thank as you. good as they do on camera and talk about it. Thank you. Thank you, know, you. That's-
1: no, I agree. I think, and I think also too, and I said this earlier, I think people were trying, you know, Heath Ledger, rest in peace, did an amazing depiction of the Joker in The Dark Knight. He did. I think people, some people were probably assuming or thinking that that was going to be, that was going to be the tone of this Joker, which it Mm. wasn't.
0: Well, it was a, Todd Phillips, if you. And they're two
1: different movies. So what were you expecting, (laughs) dude? Yeah, go on, Sorry.
0: Two different movies, two different directors. It's like apples and oranges, you know?
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's like, it's, come on, Joker had been Joker forever at that point, and he just <laughs> wants to watch the world burn. That yeah. Joker did not care. Yeah, this Joker doesn't really have any political affiliation. She just is living. He's living his best life, and he's comfortable in his own skin.
0: It's basically a t- It's an attempt at an origin story, right? It's it's an attempt. Yes. It, there's one interview I was reading about him where he says this is an interesting yeah. theory that he says. Okay, so this is obviously. um a standalone movie, right? It doesn't need to be linked to. He's saying to that the same Joker that everyone's thinking, like what, what exactly what of you're saying so. earlier. Yeah. And exactly. he's saying he's exactly. basically saying if you look at the last scene, right? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is is at Arkham Asylum and he's talking to somebody. So the yeah. main character, the protagonist, could be this unreliable narrator because his events are being told by his perspective, which we know is flawed. Yeah. It's like, it's like he's saying, it's a quote, deep dive character study, right? Documenting mayhem and chaos. So really, if you look at it, we don't know what's true, what's not. And the movie shows us that because he suffers from the same delusional um, hallucinations that that his mother did. And he's narrating yeah, his own and story. Was,
1: and that was the one thing my friend said, because she wasn't sure if the stuff that happened in the movie was real or was stuff he was hallucinating.
0: yeah. Yeah. Which
1: was a fair point. But to your point, you touched on it. That was the whole point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think there, you know, which I yeah. love. I
1: love the way they did that. Yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. And I mean, granted, they are, uh, you know, they had to kind of dumb it down a bit for to move the plot along. And and some examples I'll give, like, again, I I agree. These were a bit cheesy. You know, when you have basically the social worker telling Arthur um i had it written down Uh, she's like this quotes um we're closing um yeah they don't give a shit about you arthur or people like me right so this is someone who's at the point of breakdown now i don't i don't know obviously no one knows what's happened in this world maybe someone has uttered that but it is a bit unrealistic to think that a social worker will say that to a client like they don't give a shit about you someone with mental illness but I'm just no, I'm just uh, um, no, no, no right,
1: I right. So I'm trying, no, I'm trying to think myself like in clients, yeah. friends that I know. Like I don't think they'd ever say that to a client. No. Exactly. That's fair. So
0: I mean, so we had to. You have this plot that needs to move along, and you have so many hours of because course. if if there's one yes. thing we know about mental illness that. It builds up, it builds up. Things take time to take their toll. And obviously, we don't have all the time in the world. So I understand mm-hmm. why, like, some things had to be kind of really strongly opinionated. And then also the depiction of um, Wayne, right? Uh, Thomas Wayne. Yes. And uh, basically, Wayne, yeah. the the way he's he's speaking to the media right he's like yeah they're just a bunch of clowns and you know uh, we're gonna help them so he was obviously very exaggerated too in in the things that he was saying which was pretty cheesy and and but that's besides the point you know like these are the things that I'm not gonna get hung up on because that's not the point of the movie
1: maybe that's what those critics got hung up on.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, honestly I'm hoping I'm hoping because otherwise it tells me that people are uncomfortable talking about mental illness which really needs to stop which needs to stop which, which um
1: mic drop that
0: and and that's what we're we're doing right now right we're, we're we're trying to look into it delve into it and say wow these are so many issues this is done. It's, it was so hard to watch. It was so hard to swallow. But let's talk about it, right? Yeah. What, what happens? Absolutely. Like, what, what are the things we want to talk about? And, and, and it's, it's a very jaded world that's been painted in this, in this depiction. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. I think, you know, and even the one thing that Arthur said, and actually it's something that you said in our last pod, I think, um, about how, you know, when, when Arthur, when Joker killed those three um, business guys or yeah. whatever, those Wayne guys that mm-hmm. were working at Wayne, and he went on the show and he said that he basically basically admitted to murdering them and how everyone was so outraged and upset that they were murdered. And he was like, you guys are so worried and wrapped up about these guys who are anywhere. Yeah. But if I was laying on the street dead, you guys wouldn't even care. Mm-hmm. Which I agree. They would not, they wouldn't have cared if it's... he was laying dead on the street.
0: And I, again, we not we're not obviously agreeing that, uh, murder is wrong. No one deserves to be murdered. Murder it's is wrong. It's a crime. It's just uh, if the theme here is, he's saying that popularity but I would say he has kind a of was, price in life. It was
1: more self defense, I felt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, With him, that situation it was more self defense. But mm-hmm. to your point, no, obviously we're not advocating for murder. Let's make sure we preface that because you know, we want people sensitive. Like, you guys are advocating murdering, and that's okay. So, no. yeah, no, we don't. No, Relax, we're
0: people. just talking about the themes. And, and we're okay. So, these are three guys that are come from wealthy families that work for a huge yeah. billionaire. And, um, Correct. you know, obviously it, it's kind of like what we're talking about in Civil War, remember? What's the price of human life? Yeah, exactly. Um, you exactly. Have somebody yeah, that's popular that's. Versus someone that doesn't have the means and wealth. And if you look at our society, how do we operate? If you look at people with a massive amount of wealth, and they get into crimes and, and like car accidents or drug abuse, they go to rehab, fancy mm-hmm. rehab, right? They get bailed out. Yeah. Like the, our just judicial system is is based on it, it favors the wealthy.
1: It always, it always has, it always will. Sorry to disappoint people, but that's the sort of reality of
0: the justice. I mean, system. you like have people you have people behind bars like for something like possession of a drug that's illegal now that can't get out. And then you have, on the other hand, someone that's, I don't know, killed, uh, you know, a family because you were drunk driving in your fancy car and you have, you're, you're out. So it's, it's really, you know,
1: people, you know, yeah, you know, people, you got money, you got connections and you're out. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's the theme. Those are the themes of the movie is touching upon as well. Saying that, you know, the, the last scene, he's like, you know, here's a yeah. joke. What do you get when you cross a loner? What was that? With a society that abandons him, that ignores him. Abandons
1: him. You mm-hmm. get what you deserve. And, and I, and I, you know what, that part was actually my favorite part of the movie. Why? Out of all the, because everything he said and it was accurate. You, because you're pushed. you push someone to a point. And everyone, and this is the problem that I have with people because with mental health, to your point, not everyone is equipped to deal with certain things and can handle certain things and be pushed to a certain point. And you push someone to a certain point, they're going to break. Yeah. I've been pushed to a certain bro- point, but I'm a little bit different. But I understand that not everyone is built the same way that I'm built. Yeah. So you push someone who's mental, who has men- severe mental health, who's a loner, who basically found out that his life that he grew up with was basically a lie. He's tried to assimilate in a society that really doesn't want him and thinks he's weird, thinks he's crazy and thinks he's nuts. Yeah. And what do you think he's going to do?
0: So let's backtrack here, like in terms of that, the society, right? The, every scene yeah. from his social worker, not listening to him, to his colleagues Who is uh, jo- acting, to his jo- yeah, they, acting weird. And the yeah. boss says like, you know, you make the guys feel uncomfortable right? He I'm says that cool. to him.
1: They think you're crazy.
0: Yeah. I, clearly like he has you know, then, conditions, but you're basically telling him, Hey, others don't really like the fact that you have conditions. You. Yeah. They don't they really like weird,
1: you. And they think you're nuts and they don't like you, bro. Yeah. And you're dealing with all of this and you have tried your hardest to assimilate in a society that doesn't want you. So my question, all those people who think, "Oh, well, that part was silly and stupid. What, if you were put in that position, what would you do? it's a lot easier for people to sit on their soapbox and say stupid stuff because they haven't experienced it. So they could say, oh, well, if I wouldn't do that, I'll give you another... I'll give you a perfect example.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I don't know if you ever watched the documentary on
0: Netflix, Making a Murder. No, I've heard lots about it. Okay,
1: so me and my... um, So, for example, I will going to say, so me and my ex were watching it um, two years ago.
0: Right.
1: So there's a part in this the, where her... I guess the dude, the main guy, and actually his nephew who has severe mental health and he's like, he was 16 at the time. They were basically arrested and charged with murder, whatever, basically. So what happened was they were interrogating the kid when he was like 16 years old, took him out of class and everything and interrogating about this murder. So basically the kid was just saying whatever he was saying Mm -hmm. because he, and he didn't know, he didn't know any better, right? He was just saying stuff. So I remember my ex was sitting there like she had paused at one point and said, you see that? I would never say that. If I was in his shoes, I would say this. And I'm like, listen, Bass has never even been arrested before. This kid is 16 years old. He is scared out of his mind. Yeah. He doesn't even know any better. As a matter of fact, after the interrogation, he thought he was going home. Yeah, He thought he was going to go home to watch wrestling. That's how mentally gone he was. I said, it's a lot easier for you to sit there and say that where you grew up and where you lived and you were isolated for you to sit there and watch a show. And say that you wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do this. But when you're put in that situation and you don't, and it's a lot, it's, it's a little bit different. You're going to act a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, obviously you're 30 and you're 36 years old. This kid is 16 at the time. Yeah. So miss me with that. And I call, I called her on it. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. Know? It's,
0: it's, like it's, it's, it's empathy It having some sympathy, right. Of, of, someone exactly. that is mentally ill and it's something that Arthur um fleck this is Joaquin's uh-huh. character in in the movie yes. that's what his name is so he's he's writing in his diary that he has and this quote that he has that he, it's it's really it's very strong and it's something that has resonated with people that online that that understand mental illness and it's and this is the quote the worst part of, uh, about having a mental illness is people expect you to behave as if you don't I know I, I mean, know. that, that I says agree, it all, right? That that sums it all up. That's and powerful. And it's like if you want to understand something, you have to put yourself in somebody's shoes. And guess what? It, it is going to be uncomfortable. But if you're not even going to be okay with being uncomfortable, then you're choosing to basically ignore and you're basically creating a divide that's going to result in isolation and isolation is is a is a killer isolation has detrimental especially when you have mental health exactly for for anyone isolation is terrible we're social beings but but for those that suffer from mental health issues uh, are further further marginalized and isolated because they don't even get that support from individuals who want to try to understand um, and I'm not yeah. saying understanding me means becoming somebody's therapist. Sometimes understanding no, just means that not. being okay with someone acting different, right? Just being okay. And understanding
1: that, Hey, Hey, this is their, you know, where they are. Like for example, I'll give an, I'll give a celebrity example, Kanye West. Mm, yes. Kanye West. Listen, and I, and I'll, and I'll say this. I understand people's anger towards Kanye for the certain things that he said. Yeah. However, what I will say is, I, and I don't really listen to Kanye West personally. I've kind of been turned off by Kanye West personally, mm-hmm. but my thing is I understand he has mental health. So for me, he said it. He has openly said it in an interview that he says he has mental health. He has mental health issues. So for me, I'm not going to sit here now being hypocrite and say that I care about mental health. But then when Kanye West says he has mental health, I say, yo, Kanye, shut up. You know what you're talking about? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That'd be ignorant for me to then say that. So, because again, even the last, he had like a rally in South Carolina and he was crying, a presidential rally. He was crying. He was saying all this crazy, like all this stuff that was just crazy stuff, like out of his, you know, yeah. and you can tell he's not well. Yeah. Anybody and most people are realizing, yeah, Kanye's not well.
0: Yeah.
1: Now they're saying it. Like I realized it a few years ago, but now people, you know, Kanye's not well, but then here's the problem. Who's going to tell Kanye the most, this iconic musical and uh, figure, you know, you need to get help. And he's going to actually listen to them. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. That's
1: the problem. And and the thing with the mental health, too, is just a lot of people don't want to deal with it either. Like, they don't want to deal with it. Like, I was watching, actually, it's good that we touched on this, because I was watching a documentary yesterday called Last Chance You, and it's basically about these football players who are trying to get into, they're, like, at a junior college, and trying to get into, like, major colleges. So there was one kid who kind of suffered through mental health, but he didn't want to share. He didn't want to see a counselor. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically, a friend said it on "Believing counseling and again, you're around men, right? Yeah. So, because he was actually having a panic attack at on practice at practice, because he was he's homeless, he's dealing with he's basically living there. He's basically working at Wingstop, making barely any money to survive. Yeah. You know, he's trying to make it to college. Yeah, he has a his mother lives in Arkansas. His dad and him don't get along, don't click at all. His dad's basically like this authoritarian dictator almost. Yeah, And he's dealing with all that. And now he went from being the wide receiver to now being the quarterback, being the main guy on the team now. And he's trying to deal with all of this. And he had a panic attack on the practice. And he was the coach's wife is the actual counselor and she was trying to talk him through it. But then he kind of, um, after that, but then after all, he said, no, nah, I don't want to do for doing her counseling. I'm good.
0: Hmm. That's sad. You know, he's dealing
1: with all this stuff. So sad. That's sad. You know, and that's just, and that's a society thing as a whole. Like in terms of men, like speaking as a man, and I've said this and I stand by this. I don't think society as a whole gives shit about men's is mental health issues. I think that it's some people. I think the masses don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that no one does. I'm saying yeah. the masses. Society as a whole doesn't. Because my personal experiences and dealing with mental health or dealing with traumatic issues and me telling people this,
0: yeah,
1: the reactions that I've gotten was not supportive.
0: Let's talk about I that because, because I was. I'm I was sure. going to touch on that too, like, you know, going back because I certainly relate uh, in terms of, well, how do people react, right? Are they kind, yeah. understanding? Do people listen? Or the majority? Of course, we're not saying this isn't a self pity party. No, not we're talking uh, about. Not
1: a no, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely
0: not. But Michael, like, let me ask you what, from personal experience, mm-hmm. what has made you say that, that, you know what, people were not supportive? Uh, and obviously without naming names or identities, we're just of talking in generalities. I'll give,
1: a, I'll, give, I'll give one context. So yeah. about before me and you started working together, I was working at a shelter job mm-hmm. and I'd been there for about two and a half years, but I had reached my tipping point. And this night was a tipping point. So basically what happened was I came in on a night on a shift and basically I came in, it was utter chaos in the shelter. Mm-hmm. Like there was one kid there he had severe, severe mental health and he had been drinking and he came back to the shelter and basically destroyed the place. He broke glass. He was throwing stuff. He was—he broke. He like was bleeding everywhere because he punched the microwave. Like he was—he was, he was acting out. out. Yeah, acting out basically. Mm-hmm. So I get there and it's like going on, and I'm like, "Have you guys called the police? Yeah. to get him, you know, to figure it out because at this point, you guys don't have it under control. You've lost control of the situation." Their rationale was no, because he was kind of telling us certain stuff about his past. And I'm like, well, now you've lost control because now he's running around destroying the shelter. So you guys have to call the police now. Yeah. So call the police, um, get him to try to come outside. He's he's not trying to come outside. So then finally, he gets outside. Um, One of the clients calls me outside to say, hey, Michael, would the police want to talk to you? So I come outside. Um, The police are basically asking me um, if we were to... um, Could he come back to the shelter if we we, um, take him? And I said, well, technically he's discharged from the shelter because he like damaged property and destroyed the place. And we have a zero tolerance policy on that. But what he could do is we could find him another shelter to stay at. So basically in the midst of me talking to the cop, the same kid came up to me and basically put his hands on me. He violated my personal space because you're not going to put like put your hands on me and I don't know you. And no, you're not doing that with me. Don't care. So basically that happened. Um, So the next day, basically, I did a report about everything that he did, everything that was done to me and everything. And I told my coworkers, I said, I need to speak with the manager about this. said that openly. She's like, okay. So this happened on the Sunday. My manager calls me the Friday night on my overnight to basically tell me that he read the report and he doesn't understand what I was so upset about. That's the first thing he said in his sentence when he answered. He said, so, Michael, I read your report and I don't understand what you're upset about. So I basically had to explain to him just what I said to you. Let me say, oh, OK. And I actually had a conversation with someone that I was seeing at the time. And I said the same thing I just said to you. And she said to me, what's the big deal? But if I was a woman. No, that would have been said. But because mm. I'm 6'3", three, 300 pounds, that's why people are saying that. And I'm sorry that people may feel, oh, whoa, damn, Mike. No, because it needs to be said. People mm-hmm. want to talk about how toxic masculinity and, people, and men don't want to share. Men are, And that's fair. But people, since some women, need to allow men the space to do that without making them feel like garbage afterwards. Mm-hmm. And telling them, oh, because as a matter of fact, I'll even give you even as earlier as this year. When I didn't want to date, and I said I needed a break from dating because mentally I wasn't in a good space. There was a girl I was talking to that wanted to see me, and I told her I'm not in a good space to see anybody right now. You know Mm -hmm. what she told me to do? Go to a bar and get drunk and sleep with, and go have some random sex with a girl and and get out of your system.
0: Wow. So
1: you tell me, because maybe I don't know. Does that sound like somebody who's understanding of someone who's going through some stuff and needs a little bit of a break? No. But if I was a woman, that when it came out of her damn mouth. Period. And no one can't tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Because I got other
1: examples, but it would take too damn long to discuss. But those are the two clear ones that I can give you right now. I got other ones. So that's why I can clearly say society as a whole doesn't care about men's feelings. I, I used to tell the youth that the men at the, youth, at the shelter I used to work at, listen, the reality of it as is, is you're a man, you're a black man. <laughs> they don't give a shit about your problems, bro. They don't.
0: That's really sad. You're going to have to figure out. I I mean again, uh, I, it broke my heart even say, even
1: saying this bothers me yeah. but it's fact
0: I'm sorry I'm sorry that you have to go through this Mike I mean obviously yeah. I have no idea you know as someone that's no of course um you know I'm a I identify as a person of color but I'm not I'm not black I'm not a guy I'm not mm-hmm. so I don't yeah. understand that I don't understand I can't possibly empathize I can certainly sympathize I can but but again I can try my best to imagine you know um, what it's like and I think you you do have a point in that you know and again I'm not going to refute you right I'm not going to challenge your lived experience no of course Um, I think this is where where we need to be more understanding where we could be more understanding as a society right if you share something like this rather than me challenging you or convincing you to change your mind just acknowledge yeah. that you have some lived experience. Just acknowledge that. Yeah. And let's talk about that, perhaps, right? As opposed to saying, yeah. oh, it's, a, it's just, you know, it'll go away or come on, you're, you're just being like negative. If, t-
1: if someone was, yeah, if they were to say, you know, why do you feel that way? That's one thing. But for mm-hmm. them to dismiss me and say, oh, I don't understand why you're upset. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? You're sure about that? But if I was a woman telling you this, would you have uttered that stupid shit out of your mouth? Would that even have been a thought in your mouth if I was a woman? You wouldn't have even thought that. You'd have been like, oh my God, Michael, w- w- whatever you need, we're here to support you, all that. You mm-hmm. think I got that? Mm. No. I almost got stabbed at work. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody, ain't nobody care about me. It's like I'm kind free, of. Because again, I understand. I'm a 6'3 black dude. That's the reason why people don't
0: care. It, it's like it's certain expectations that are going with your Absolutely. with your type saying well you know you should be able to yeah. defend yourself or you have the advantage of a being a man yeah. and being a majority exactly. and being powerful and strong they're all you can suppress your feelings so if people
1: yeah so if people wonder why i'm guarded and i don't share a lot that's why because when i do at times mm-hmm. people want to sit there and tell me i don't know what i'm talking about or tell me or look at me like i'm crazy so i'm mm-hmm. talking by nothing not just deal because that's how my life has always been i just have to figure it out a deal Like, I have a support, and the difference now is I have a support system now. Like, I have you, I have other friends and family that I can turn to and talk to about stuff, so I don't feel, like, alone now. Whereas back then, you know, when I was going through my depression and stuff, I just was like, oh, I got to figure it out. I don't want to burden anybody. I don't want anybody looking at me like I'm crazy or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I had to deal with. I didn't feel like I would have gotten any support when I was going through my stuff. Like, I, you know, so...
0: And you feel like partly, uh, you know, you said this before, it's because you're a, a man, you know, and identify yeah. as a man, and, and and you're, you know, six foot three. You have a certain physique that doesn't necessarily lend itself to being uh, vulnerable, right? So people assume of that course. just because you are a certain way, you can't be vulnerable. And, and that's such a dangerous thing no. to do, with, right? Just in general. And I think- Absolutely. Um, and Very it, dangerous. I, I will say this, though. There are many individuals mm-hmm. that are still not understanding to, to women. Uh, you know, they'll say some, similar Absolutely. things. Oh, you're feeling this way? Just get Absolutely. it out of your system. Just go out and have a night and get drunk and, you know, lose your inhibition yeah. and do something. So often, yeah. and w- people will say that, but I, I don't want to diminish the fact that um it is something that's not talked about as much, you know, when when you're a man and you're have certain expectations placed on you because of societal norms. Yeah. So I don't want to take that away of from course. you at all. Because I um and that actually no, it's uh,
1: it's a it's a real thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's, it's the way happened. we, you know, we we raise our we're being we're raised, right? We raise kids and yeah. You and I both have that experience, you know, you um, guys aren't supposed to cry, you're supposed to be a man, right, exactly. that, that phrase, what does that yeah. mean? Is a Witch. man, like, made out of steel? Like, like I think
1: there's some elements of a man that are important, like being, you know, tough, as a man, speaking as a man, because, I, again, I didn't really grow up with my father, so, like, being, learning certain male traits and stuff like that, like, I didn't really have that, so I had to kind of learn it on my own, but like, I think there's some traits of men being strong and, and strong will is important. Those things are important to some degree, but to your point, I, I tell guys all the time, Hey, if you're going through something or if you need mm-hmm. to vent, you need to vent, bro. You shouldn't keep that stuff in. Cause it's hard trying to navigate stuff. And you're dealing with some mental health issues or you're dealing with some traumatic stuff with your family or whatever the case may be. Don't keep that in. Yeah. Cause if you keep it in, it's, it's not something that's going to be healthy down the road. And I tell guys this all the time you know and some guys will open up and share some guys don't but I I try to give guys that space to say no it's okay you need to share that. You know it's not a sign of weakness that you're saying that you know I'm going time or I'm feeling down or I'm feeling depressed. It's actually a sign of strength because you're willing to actually admit that and you're actually trying to get help for it as opposed to not dealing with it the way society wants you to. Society wants you to be tough and yeah. you know man up and all that. Which I like I said I understand the term but again I think there needs to be a more of a, we need to allow a space for guys to also be vulnerable and share because if I'll give you some, I'll say something like here. So women who want to talk about toxic masculinity and that's bad. Yes. But if you want to end that? Then allow men the space to share without shitting on them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, allow them a space to share. So really with being open, being actually being just open, valid, just understand. Open, <laughs> yeah, Exactly being open being honest being understanding and kind and just listening listening to somebody's experience without saying oh but these are your advantages no 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 let's just let everyone talk about their disadvantages everyone is entitled to their own
1: their own in their own way
0: yeah yeah in their own way and and it's it's these expectations they're toxic right you know we um often even with with the with again going back to mental uh, mental illness, um, if mm-hmm. people or generally speaking, people will assume that oh oh I'm not a counselor I, I'm sorry I can't do anything but <laughs> sometimes it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> uh, we don't all have to be counselors uh, we don't have wow. to counsel individuals but it doesn't take a lot to simply listen to an individual and a lot of times people just want to be heard
1: heard. Thank you. Right.
0: All it takes is if, Michael, you say something, I'm like, all right, let's talk about it. And you give me your story and I go, wow. And I, I just empathize with you. I relate to you. I yeah. try to understand you and I, yeah. and I I share some sentiments. Like I, in terms of me understanding, that means instead of figuring out a solution right away, I just take the time to observe and acknowledge how rough it has been for you. Yeah. And that's but acknowledging listen, your experience.
1: Absolutely. Like I used to work in the shelters. I have an employment background. So I'm not versed to like at the time when I started, I was like a fish out of water. I didn't know what I was going. I didn't know deal with clients that had suicide issues and mental health and to that extent. I never dealt with that. Yeah. So but what I learned over time, and I said this to a new, like a student that was starting, and she, cause she had asked me, you know, do you have any like advice for me? I said, you know what? The biggest thing with these youth is that they just want you to be able to show that you care by listening to them. If yeah. they have a problem, if they come because they're just because some days they're going to come to you when you're in the office, and they're just going to come and vent to you about their day, and they just want to know that you give a shit. You don't have to be like I said; you don't have to be a counselor. You don't have to have a master's and a bachelor and a doctorate and all this other stuff. You don't need all that to listen to somebody. Yeah. And just here with a champ. Yep. you don't need all that.
0: That's free. That's just <laughs> that's, that's called free. being a kind human being. That's what it is.
1: That's it. You know? You just have to show that. And that's it. And they, and they will appreciate that. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything more or less than that for these youth. They just, they just want to know that you actually care. And if they have a problem that you're going to try to listen to what they're trying to say. And if you can offer a little bit of wisdom then great, but sometimes they just need an ear to listen to. They just need somebody just to listen to what they're saying so they can vent. Yeah. And I said to them, listen, I work on overnights, but listen, if you have any issues or anything you want to talk to me about, come downstairs and talk. I'm going to be probably tired. so I'm not going to say much, but I'll probably (laughs) be to listen as best I can. And that that was it. And a lot of these, they would come down and just, sometimes they would talk to me the whole damn night. Thank God, because I'd probably fall asleep.
0: (laughs) It's a (laughs) win-win.
1: It was was a win-win, because I would have knocked out some nights. And one youth, like, he saved me because I was ready to sleep. And he just came down, and me and him spoke for, like, four hours. He was just vending me about it, gave me his whole life story and all that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah
0: it and it, it takes a certain kind of individual to also um of of course these are skills right these are skills we need to sharpen yeah listening skills uh, yes. to empathize to understand to be kind yes. but also to be kind in the face of adversity so it's not mm-hmm. and when I say adversity in this case I mean if someone is challenging you if someone is making you uncomfortable right how are you going to react yeah. so it's just our general experience General attitude is no one wants to be uncomfortable. Everyone wants to be perfectly right. comfortable and happy all the time. So meanwhile, the like rest of us—critics, <laughs> exactly. While the rest of us are being busy being too happy, ignoring the human condition, that is going to yeah. create such a wide gap and disconnect because life is um, a mixture of tragedy. You know, it is. It has everything. Yeah. It's going to be happy, sad. It, it's supposed to be that way. And most people wouldn't want to even look at or look the other direction if you're being too happy because you mm-hmm. somehow think that that misery is going to affect you like a virus or a disease. And that's not true. Yeah. And, and the they thing is,
1: <laughs>
0: like one point or another, everyone is going to face adversity or challenge or, or even a mental illness. Um, yeah. Most, not everyone Absolutely. is susceptible to... Um, or has a you know is immune to it. Um, most of us in our lifetimes no, will face a, a a time where we identify as having a disability,
1: right? And or tested mentally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. exactly.
0: And when I say disability, I mean cross disability. So I'm talking about visible, invisible, temporary, episodic. Uh-huh. Um, we are talking about anything that will challenge you in the way you carry out your daily life that will impact mm-hmm. the essential duties of your job. And so we will have to navigate through it. And, and it's just this, again, it's this happiness obsessed. I've talked to my friend Andrew about this in a similar podcast too, that we have a culture that really is obsessed with happiness, right? It's it's obsessed with perfection. It's obsessed with, (laughs) oh my goodness. It's like, you know, movie that, that that remember that book The Secret? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. They have the movie too, right? Yeah, I, I definitely know exactly oh, what you are talking movie about. Thing? Well, it's like a almost a like a little documentary. You can say like someone decided to. Real? Yeah, yeah. For the secret, well, I guess
1: they made enough money from Oprah. Watched put that thing on Oprah. That I guess yeah <laughs> they might as well.
0: Uh, did I you read it? The same
1: thing. I wrote that book. Hell no, I didn't read that. Book. <laughs> <laughs> No, I will. <laughs> I, I didn't read it. I heard. I heard Cliff notes about it. and I'm like. I mean, there's some tenets of the book that make sense. Yeah. But no, nah, I'm good. I didn't read it. it basically, all. I'm not gonna lie. I read it.
0: I I did read it, and um, I it it has mm. a lot of good messaging. So it it it's it comes yeah. from it comes from a good place. However, I think I'm sure it's obviously everything is open to interpretation and and different individuals will interpret things differently. So I'm thinking, I (laughs) (laughs) I'm well, let's say someone's read it and I I can see someone then saying, well, no, no, no. I just got to surround myself with these situations and that's going to happen, which is true. Actually, the power of association is very strong in terms of, you know, if you're an individual, you know, your company is going to have an effect on you. Right. So but yeah. like, here's the thing if we want oh, yeah, to definitely. break the system if we want to prevent isolation it's going to take a lot of kind and good-hearted people to uh, get out of their zone and be uh, uncomfortable and until we can do that we can create support systems for individuals that truly need it and i think that's that's the problem i feel like just inherent just as a whole with with the way like one yeah. one societal issue would be the that The fact that everyone's just too busy being comfortable and happy and thinking, nope, I'm not in this space yet. I've already dealt with it. Whatever way you think you have, or maybe you don't understand it and you don't want to understand it.
1: Or you or you never dealt with it and you just don't understand why people are bugging out about it.
0: Exactly. Like, I don't know what in, they're
1: talking about. I've never dealt with that before.
0: And what happens when people say that? Like, what do they do? If you haven't under, if you don't understand it, you've never, you don't know how to understand it. You never dealt with it before. Dismiss the general. Re- Maybe dismissive. Dismissive. exactly. It's a dismissive. That's it's not cool. like, oh, let me read up about it. Let me look into it. Let me understand it. Yeah, and why, then, would I,
1: why would I? Because why would I want? why would want to read? I ain't trying to do all that. on this stuff.
0: <laughs> it's, again, it's this attitude. Like right, why would I yeah. want to understand something I disagree with? But this is how we have this is the only way to communicate the, like to actually flex yeah. those critical thinking muscles. Um, you know, I've, and I'm going to probably do a separate podcast on this, but Islamophobia, you know, is huge. Mm. Um, and uh, one, oh, yeah. one thing is, you know, people will read opinion pieces and comment on those opinion pieces. And then you have comments and comments on those opinion pieces and so on. And it keeps going on. And you're basically going on, a whole, it, it's it's this funneled out. Um, I, I don't. I want to be clean with my language, but it's it's funneling of certain no, opinion pieces.
1: Be, it, <laughs> that <laughs> makes no
0: sense. But you know what? What what really? Uh, is remarkable. Is every everyone that I speak to that has um, a negative viewpoint on, let's say, even a religion? In this case, Islam if I ask them, have you read the Quran? And the answer I get is no. (laughs) And I'm like, why am I even talking to you right now?
1: Yeah, It's it's like, that's
0: my question, right? If you want to have an intelligent debate, I am open to it. I am not claiming that the Quran is perfect. I'm just saying, if you want me to challenge me, please know what you're talking about. And this goes with everything. This goes with mental illness too, right? Why how why do we think we have the um, like what gives us the right to uh, bash something if we don't even understand it? If we haven't made any attempt to understand it. Right. It's just being because ignorant. people think that
1: their opinion. I think honestly, I think it's because people think their opinions matter. And now that we have social media, now that you have a pl- everyone has a platform now, everyone, everyone thinks their opinion matters. Even to your point, you've not done any research. And I'm glad you brought that point up because I'll give an example. I'm going to shout out my sister, Tara, because she had told me she was on Facebook one day. Mm -hmm. And I know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Central Park Susan situation in um, New York where a black man was, um, yeah. So that situation. So basically there were people that were, there was a post, there was a video post on Facebook. Sorry, can you, for
0: the viewers that are not, can you just give us a general.
1: I'll give you a cliff note. So basically what it was was there was a white woman with her dog out in Central Park, New York. She didn't have a dog on her leash a black man had told her that she had to have her dog leash because that's technically the rules of, of the card. card. Yeah. She got very offended and upset. And she, basically she threatened to call the cops on him saying that she's being th- her, she's fear in fear of her life, that he's threatening to kill her. And she said that on the video, because he recorded her as such. So it was a big ha all this stuff about it. So about Montreal commented. So one guy had commented on the video, basically saying that the black guy was in the wrong because he shouldn't have approached her at all. So my sister said, no. Um, And mind you, let me preface this before that. The guy who made that comment had not even watched the video.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: My sister said, no, you're wrong. And this is why. And brought up her points and whatever. Dude still comments back to her saying, no, regardless, it doesn't matter. The black guy's in the wrong. He shouldn't have He shouldn't have approached her. My sister said, you know what you should do? You should the five minutes you're taking a debate with me about this, watch the video and then comment. <laughs> he hadn't even watched the video, Sana, and he's sitting there commenting on something. And that's to your point. People are sitting yeah. there debating about the talk about the Quran is this and that, but they've never even read the damn book. Yeah. They're going off what their friends' friend said at a bar something to them about or something like that. And they're formulating their opinion based off that. Like, that's, to me, the way society is right now. It's like, why? And to me, there's no excuse because all this stuff is really accessible on your damn phone. If you want to look this stuff up, you can find it. If you want to. But people just want to be blissfully ignorant about a lot of stuff.
0: We're living in the information age. Information is literally available in our fingertips, on our fingertips. All we have to do is type. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mike just showed his iPad. Um, yeah we have I iPad, I iPhones, like our computers. We have it's amazing. We live in a phenomenal age where you have accessibility. Yes. Accessibility is, uh, is, is much better now than it was even fifty years ago, even ten years ago. right back in the day it could be forty years ago, right? It could be thirty years ago. Yeah, it's so different. You don't have to step into a library at all. All you have to do is is read the, the resources that are out there. And if you're thinking, well, what do I do, you know, if I have, um, even for mental health, mental illness, like, uh, if we have crisis, well, in Toronto, if you're living in Toronto, there's the Canadian Mental Health Association, right? They have a resource page where you can uh, Mm -hmm. look at certain, um, there's women's helpline, there's distress centres, there's... Um, a mental health crisis line specifically for Aboriginal clients. But like, I'm looking at their resource page right now, right? Gerstein Center, Kids Help Phone, York Support Services, Scarborough Hospital Mobile, Toronto Senior Helpline. Like things are out there and sometimes people are not educated, so they need help getting the resources, right? And again, we don't have to be counselors to look something up on the computer and say, here, you know what? These are things that exist let's l- you can go and ask these guys I can still listen yeah. to you but I have limited resources so this is like drawing boundary but like having boundaries right because I don't want to be yeah, somebody's sure, therapist sure. at the same time I shouldn't be <laughs> inhumane and that's being like not kind right I, I can still yeah, be for kind for sure. uh, and understanding and also know what's mm-hmm. out there and all it takes for me is to search we have yeah. Google we have all these search engines that we can um connect yep. individuals too and and it's it's mm-hmm. so it's going back to that point it's it's like why are we even like how how are we supposed to even have a conversation if we don't know how to have a conversation right <laughs> so the the, the topic there, then like becomes I said, I just,
1: uh, yeah i agree
0: how to have a conversation i think that's what it is let's let's have a debate right Should you can have a different that'll opinion.
1: be our next I think so. I
0: think so. It's like the art I of having know, a conversation. And actually, you know what <laughs> I've seen? Um, I've seen um, like I'm a I'm a Jur- Jordan Peterson fan. I'm just going to put it out there. I know he's offended many. And I what is was- he?
1: What is he? I'm just curious. What is he offended? Who is he? What does he say that's offended people?
0: Jordan Peterson is heard a his name, professor of really psychology sure at, at the University of Toronto. He's he's now like a best-selling author because he's he's published, I believe, two books. I think his last one was *Trial okay. of Rules for Life: How to Navigate Through Chaos*. Uh, he does. He basically recorded his lectures on YouTube, and he has them, you know. And, and he's had many mm. debates, and he sparked a debate when he was talking about um, pronouns for uh, transgender individuals. And I'm not going to comment Uh-oh. on that. I think that's a separate discussion. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't feel, yeah, oh, I don't feel comfortable commenting on that. What I will say is, sure. if you, if you listen to his interviews, if you actually. It's interesting every time he's being interviewed, it's almost like he has to be defensive because the person's coming to him with such a strong point of view and you're just wasting time. <laughs> yeah, they have their own agenda. And have it's, agenda. Mike, it's so frustrating watching this guy because he's incredibly um poignant. Like he he's concise, mm. he's intelligent. Um He's not saying the things that people are claiming that he's saying, that's the thing. He's saying other uh, things and everyone has their interpretation missing, of what he's saying. What and he's then they saying. spin it that way. Uh, so most of the time, it's okay. really Fair frustrating enough. just watching him mm-hmm. justify or, or just the, the points that kind of like re- rebutting the points that he's making as opposed to expanding the conversation. In, in the direction that it should be going, which is trying to understand both parties. So it, it when I watched that, I was so frustrated and I thought, geez, have we forgotten how to talk? Have we forgotten how to engage Listen, in some conversation? some people just want
1: to deflect. If some people have, like, if they have an agenda, they'll just deflect. So to your point, like, with that, like, that should be, yeah. I think they, it's a lot easier just to deflect and just say, oh, I'm going to attack this point rather than actually have the debate that he's maybe trying to spark with his commentary.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. maybe he's trying to spark a commentary with his, well, people ain't trying to hear that. So they're like, nah, bro, I'm going to come at <laughs> you now for all the stuff that you've been saying. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, like I understand, like some people need to, you know, you need to hold some people accountable. But to your point, if he's saying, if you're misinterpreting what he's saying and he's clarifying what he's saying and you're still going at him, then at that point, you're just, you just have an agenda.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You have your own agenda. You don't want to, you don't want to have a debate. You just want to kind of put him in his place. So you could check him and then go on your like YouTube page or Instagram and say, I checked <laughs> Jordan Peterson. He ain't nothing. You know, that's, and that's ultimately what your goal is to me.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not
1: trying to have an actual dialogue and a discussion. You're just trying to one up him so you can say the most snazziest shit and you can say, oh, well, I got him.
0: Yeah. I'm really what's yeah. the
1: point. Like, come on now. It's yeah. childish to me. You're a child if you're doing that.
0: It is it's it's really frustrating watching that and actually I, that will be mm. a topic like how to have an intelligent conversation how to engage in debates <laughs> because one of the things is we need to have more debates oh. i think it's healthy to have people that disagree it's healthy to have that disagreement but it's healthier even healthier to talk about it right let's talk about it yes. let's you know not we don't have to always end up with the same opinion however to diplomatically engage in an intelligent debate is very refreshing. It's very, it's intellectually stimulating, but it's very learning. It's insightful. I feel that's how we learn things, right? I think
1: think if it's coming from a, yeah. And I think if it's coming from a place to your point where you're trying to move a conversation forward and again, you're not in, but I think a lot of the times of these debates, everyone has, some people have their own agendas of what they're trying to do. So even though to your point if if most debates were in the, the frame that work that you're trying to say they would be more fruitful i think a lot of them aren't mm-hmm. like um i think it was like last year two years ago there was um this debate with a bunch of um black like entertainment artists and candace owens she was involved in it too so for those of you who don't know who cannes owens is um she's i guess the black Republican. And she's, a, she's tr- a huge Trump supporter. and she's, So she was debating with uh, these rappers, Killer Mike, T.I., and these other people. And mm-hmm. Killer Mike probably said some of the best stuff in it. And he kind of said some point stuff like, it's not about trying to get everybody to agree. Like, I agree with some points that Candace Owens
0: made. Yeah.
1: And I'm disagreeing with my good friend, T.I., that I've known for years and my businesses with. Right. But I'm trying to move the conversation forward and take the good of what Candace Owens has, which is very little. The, the <laughs> same that with same with T.I. Yeah. and other people. And that's come up with a plan to move the dialogue forward. And I yeah. thought that that was more of an intelligent way of viewing things,
0: Absolutely. to your point. Absolutely. You're not gonna
1: get, you put 10 people in a room, let's say 10 black people in a room and ask them about Black Lives Matter, you'll probably get nine or 10 different responses. Yeah. You're not gonna get everybody to agree on them, And that's fine. But if it's coming from a rooted place of an intelligent conversation an intelligent dialogue, mm-hmm. and I understand the people on the other side of it that don't really agree with the Black Lives Matter movement, I understand to some degree that black people who say they don't agree with it, who have, who are, heard them speak about it in an intelligent way yeah i get it but some but the problem is most people don't most people just say in a more of a clickbaity, negative bullshit way just to get clicks mm-hmm. and that's the problem i think i think people don't speak in a way where they're trying to have an intelligent dialogue and in a conversation they're just trying to say stuff just to get views and clicks and that's what they're it, that's more their goal that's yeah, like i have advantage. a
0: side you have a side i'm gonna stick to my side you stick to your side it's like you know yin and yin, like yeah and right. that's it's, yeah
1: i mean it's stupid to me i don't I, I try to avoid those because it's just it's silly like maybe when i was younger i was into that but now i'm 36 like i mean <laughs> I, I don't want to hear that it's stupid
0: and and yeah of course uh, age plays a huge role because our you know prefrontal oh, yeah. cortex isn't even developed until our mid-20s so <laughs> our ability to there think critically or, or intelligently analyze um you know we we can't we can't be all expected to do that and if if uh if we were not there, but going, okay. Bringing it back to mental illness, you know, you have individuals that, that have these uh, barriers that have, um, that have very defined barriers. Right. And, and they're trying their best to navigate. And I think it, all it takes is for, for the rest of the world is to actually be uncomfortable and be okay with being uncomfortable for a second. Right. And, and, and if you are, understand, understand something that you don't understand, Please read a book. Yeah. Go to the website. Look at the mental health services in your local, uh, you know, neighborhood. Uh, read up on some conditions, right? Or talk to people. Mm-hmm. Watch interviews of I mean, individuals that are living that, through yeah. lived experiences, lived experiences, and try to understand what they're going through before we start engaging mm-hmm. in dialogue that basically saying, "Leave me alone." Please uh, let me, I'm too busy being happy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have time for this. This is too depressing.
1: I'm trying to live my best life. I don't <laughs> have time to resist <laughs> and all this other stuff.
0: My best life
1: <laughs> means Whatever being that is.
0: awkwardly. What are you and, sitting at
1: home watching Netflix and eating frigging like a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Is that your best life? Like <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: While well, you can pretend
1: that the world around you isn't, you know.
0: But here's the nah. interesting thing, Mike. After covid 19 right since this pandemic has hit the (laughs) entire world many of us have been forced to stay at home right forced under certain conditions and guess what's happening now um we're now experiencing certain mental health um you know changes changes in our mental health so and now we're talking about these things and i i'm not saying oh now it's convenient Actually, that's, that's besides the point. I'm just happy we're talking about it now. Oh, how is this effect? How is, how has this affected you? You've been isolated. You've been in quarantine. That must do a number on you. And I'm, I think it's better late than never. At least because we're starting yeah. to talk about no, I agree. it now,
1: you know, because to your point pre COVID everyone was out there, you know, going to clubs, going to restaurants, hanging with friends, doing all this fun stuff, just living their life, just ignoring you know a lot of people aren't introspective enough that's why covid affected them the way it did because a lot of people aren't self-aware enough to be comfortable enough in their own skin to yeah. stay and just kind of figure things out i want to do that oh i'm fine i don't need to you know <laughs> self-analyze and figure things out i'm good everything with me is perfect i'm straight, and i, and I can say this because someone actually said that to me <laughs>
0: so i'm not just saying i'm funny actually, oh no I'm like, i understand really? are you I- what <laughs> Are you? Are you human? Are yeah. you? <laughs> you must be from another I planet. I'll
1: just, just look at her like, yeah, I don't I don't buy that. But, you know, anyone who tells me that they're normal and perfect, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, that. you sound like a crazy person to me. <laughs> 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 and, I need a little bit of the varnish worn off. I don't buy that. <laughs> oh, I'm just looking for someone normal. No.
0: What is normal? No. Honestly, what's normal? Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's and my, you know. Yeah, like.
1: I have people tell me that like a girl I was dating before she was like, yeah, you know, I'm just looking for something normal. I'm normal. And I'm like, what is that? I actually asked her, what is that? What do you define normal to be? Yeah. And she looked at me like stupid. Cause I don't think anyone ever asked her that before, but that's my point. I'm challenging the notion of normal. Like no one is normal. I am crazier than cat piss at times. <laughs> this. I'm a little bit aloof. I'm a little bit nuts. We all are. Podcast, all of us. All and it's so, and again, there's levels of crazy. There's levels of nuts. Okay. There's some nuts that I can deal with. There's some nuts that I will not deal with. Yeah. And that's it. Just finding the level of crazy that works for you.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that they and, yeah, and
1: acknowledging it. It's okay. It's nothing wrong with it. It's yeah. Not a bad thing. But this notion of normal.
0: Nobody's normal. Just keep going and um, you know, one one of the, one the one theories for you know adapting with regards to like um you're looking at um how society defines disabilities but so not it could be like society's inability to adapt to the conditions right so mm-hmm. not blaming right. those individuals for not being in the majority but if you look at it the majority of us identify as having some disabilities so it's it's yeah. like a, a different a different theory a different viewpoint right kind of holding society accountable right. you know like do we have these like we don't know how inaccessible things are until we're in a wheelchair. We're like, what? I can't enter the um, store. I guess that's it for me. Right. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't go do this. So it's, it's again, uh, I think, you know, if we want to make a better, better world, uh, we need to be okay with being uncomfortable, being understanding and admitting that there is no such thing as normal. And if someone's yeah and, and I just, I think that we need to talk about this too, maybe in a separate post, but like separate podcasts, but maybe. just like uh, this inauthenticity with social media, right? Like everyone's oh. portraying a life, it's just social media actually. I Cause I wrote an article about it on like, my blog.
1: Oh, we can do that. I'm down to do that. It's gonna, <laughs> I'm going to be harsh though. Like, not test people out, but I'm going to call them out.
0: There's, there's yeah, there's an article on my blog that talks about like why I, I think the yeah, problems or challenges with social media and it's, it's there's so many things you know, and it I, I think the hypocrisy yeah. just is, is really irritating. Right. And you know, if yeah. you have certain values, just being honest with yourself, being, having integrity, right. I'm not going to post that black square. That doesn't mean anything to me. Right. I'm going to live my life. It like if, if, if I choose not to, it, it doesn't mean I'm not associating with a movement. I demonstrate racial equality in my own life. With the with the people, with the businesses exactly. I reach out to, with the friends I have. I'm yeah. I can be inclusive. What matters is how you live your life, not what you post on your social media, not what you're hashtagging, right?
1: But I think people get so bogged down with that. Yeah, no, we can I'm I am looking forward to having whenever we decide <laughs> to discuss that bad boy. But any will be, Yeah, because I agree with you. Like I think this notion that that is attached, I think that's just silly. Yeah. I don't understand that.
0: Well, bringing it bringing it back to um, the Joker. Any last thoughts, Mike, the about G.I. the movie? Like, because I know we touched. There's so many okay. themes. We just, I think our biggest so qualm themes. was like society's inability to be uncomfortable and understand it. Therefore, how am I oh, going yeah. to analyze this? Right. So this is part yeah. of the debate. Which well, kind of? Me, yeah.
1: yeah, I think for me, um, like I said, I love the movie. I think what I took away from it, the movie itself was great. I think. The aftermath of it bothered me, just the groundswell of the people who were negative about it. Because I don't think I've ever left or watched a movie where people left the theater. I mean, I watched Batman vs. Superman Theater no one left the theater during that. (laughs) And that movie was gutter- that movie was complete
0: trash. This is the second time but, I'm going to say, don't open com- Pandora's box.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm listen. I'm opening that bad boy wide open. <laughs> I'm going to, I want to piss off some DT fans, but um, no, I just, and I think that's my biggest takeaway. Like just, yeah. and I, and I thought about, it, I was just like, to your point, society is not there yet in terms of mental health, in terms of honestly having the honest dialogue about it and trying to actually, help it and try to make it so that it's not a big issue. Like I think people just say it because it's politically correct and aware and good to say it. Yeah. It's brownie points to say that you care about mental health, but do you actually care about mental health? And I think that's what I took away from the movie. The biggest thing.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's like, do uh, you truly care. I love yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. Todd Phillips made the film. I, I love the Me fact too. that it made people uncomfortable. I really do. Me too. What I want to see is more conversations about it. Someone I think we quoted was saying like, this isn't a movie to even have conversations about or argue about. This doesn't even deserve a debate. That's what I disagree it's with. It's trash. You know, that's what I the disagree with. And I them. feel like, no, it deserves as many debates as it can because We need to talk about mental illness to a point where everyone starts to understand it because the biggest thing is people expect you to behave like you don't have it. How can you understand something? How can you deal with something if you can't even understand it? Like we're talking like this is a bit meta, right? We're talking about society trying to understand issues, but then we're talking about mental illness as an issue. So.
1: Yes. I want yeah. there
0: to be more debates. I want, and this is the part, point of this podcast. We're trying to talk about Absolutely. why is, is it that people don't want to talk about it? And, and, and essentially, yeah. instead of talking about mental illness, which we did touch upon, we've moved on to the very Absolutely. core issue, which is let's just talk about being uncomfortable, <laughs>
1: right? Let's just talk about it. Let's yeah. talk about uncomfortable stuff. Like I brought up the fact that society as a whole doesn't care about men's issues. And yeah. I would challenge any person to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But let's have those debates. And that's how we learn. That's let's how, have we, them. you know,
1: <laughs> no, because again, me, not me bringing this up to you. You probably didn't know that. Yeah. You probably wouldn't have known that because I've never, i never even shared this, that stuff with you. Yeah. So we need to have a, we need to just have a space where people can share men, women, trans, doesn't matter because mental health, it, it affects everybody. doesn't matter whether you're rich as hell or you're homeless. It affects everybody and we need to allow a space for people to express themselves for people to at least try to empathize yeah. and try to move it forward to, let's say, let's find treatments and stuff to help these people and help people. That's yeah. the ultimate, to me, the ultimate goal of it. And that's what it should be. And any, and to me, anyone who isn't about that can, I'm not trying to swear. So you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's understanding the <laughs> unknown because we're usually afraid of yes. things we don't understand and we don't want that fear Right. Whether you're man, woman, whether you identify as a man, like with trans issues, right, transphobia, that is also a severe lack of knowledge. All these issues, mm-hmm. all this hatred towards groups of people, it's coming from a sphere of unknown. Why can't we just engage in discussions with these individuals more? Again, one of my yes, favorite comedians, Eddie Izzard. Um, he uh, like dresses yeah. like you know like uh, a lady, right? He when he did his comedy acts, and this is like back in the day. I mean, people were talking about what's his face, Kurt Jenner, Chris, Chris Jenner, more than this guy. But like he yeah. he was doing it way before. Like, but I had plenty mm. of people like just not even watch his comedy show. I don't like the way he looks, right? Again, something makes you really? uncomfortable if you look at a man dressed as a, a quote unquote woman, and that makes you uncomfortable. Right good. If it's challenging your values, good. Let's talk about it, right? Like what, yeah. this is like the same issue, right? With, with, again, I'm not comparing, I'm not saying their cause are related. I'm just saying as in tr- uh, transphobia and mental illness, I just want to preface that. I'm just talking about things that make people uncomfortable. It doesn't make me uncomfortable, yeah. but, but guess what? I've, yes, I've done my, re. I've looked at enough people, I've read about people. I've looked, I've tried to understand right. them. You know, I've worked with, you mm-hmm. you, t- you and I talked about this too, worked with p- um, people from the trans community. Exactly. And Me only too. if you understand, just talk to someone from the community, then you'll understand that people aren't that different. We have more similarities than yeah. we have differences. At the end of the day, we all want the same things. We want to be treated with love, with respect, with dignity. We all want the same rights and freedoms that everyone enjoys. Everyone does, yeah. Um, And all it takes is for a person to step out of their comfort zone to actually talk to somebody uh, with the very issues that are making you uncomfortable that you don't know about Uh to then try to understand them. And when we have understanding, Uh we can prevent isolation, we can spread resources, uh, create resources, and, and hopefully try to really help a system that's severely flawed and damaged and try to bring about good change in society.
1: Amen. I don't think there's anything more to say to that.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike, for um for this discussion. Um I was sure.
1: very happy to do it. Yes, me too. Yeah. It was very it, fun.
0: And you know, if you haven't yet watched the Joker, uh, I mean I we highly encourage you to watch it and
1: it's on Crave T V, people. So if yeah. you have Crave, you can watch it on Crave if you don't wanna like let's say if you You know, want to watch on a streaming service? It is on Crave TV as of now, so Mm -hmm. definitely check it out. Definitely watch. watch.
0: Try to understand it. See if you have something. If you don't agree, like put it out there. But the one thing that you know, I'm caught. I'm cautioning is like let's let's just try to understand it. Let's give both positives and negatives. Right. I think it's nice to sometimes Mm -hmm. put aside our biases and just look at things objectively and try to understand a story. Like when we talk about Romeo and yes. Juliet, we don't talk about how stupid it is that these two 16-year-olds fell in love and then you know killed themselves. We talk about the theme. Yes, yeah, we it's analyze a beautiful it. love story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why can't we do the core, same thing? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because if you want to look at it from a simplistic viewpoint, yeah, that's basically what it was.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it, it takes a lot to to shed that bias, but I, I really I feel like the we can only do it if more people start talking about it. So um, yeah. so yeah, that, that's really the message. And, and mental illness obviously is not a joke. It's out there. It's real. No. And it's going to make you very uncomfortable. So look at the resources that you have uh, around you, mm-hmm. what centers, uh, watch interviews on YouTube, talk to people, read mm-hmm. some books about it. Reads. If you have a particular disdain towards a particular group of people, whatever it is, condition, why don't pick up a book about it and read and maybe try to understand yeah. a little bit challenge yourself. So I think that those are the messages that we're talking about here, right? Like let's challenge Absolutely. ourselves yeah. so we can have more intelligent conversations and, and 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 look for really good solutions uh to to some fundamental issues. So anyway, thank you so much, Mike, for joining. Um, You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and your other uh, local podcast subscriber. uh, Title Sana Talks to People and Sometimes Yourself. Alternately, you can also go on my website, www.artysana.com. That is A-A-R-T-Y-S-A-N-A.com under podcasts. And um, thanks so much, Mike. Always a pleasure.
1: You're very welcome.